Some other horrendous place like that? It's actually Rochester, New York. Or she'll criticize his career. A family doctor? So he asks old people about their bowel movements and takes snot-faced toddlers' temperatures? I don't think that Kate has a right to be as cruel as she can be, but it's true that Mike's become kind of a drag. Whenever he's around, he sulks like he has some thrilling other life that he's missing out on, as if he might be out clubbing with Brazilian supermodels or chasing down Russian spies if only he didn't have to spend time with his wife and her friends. I don't particularly look forward to his company the way that I used to, and to be honest, I've wondered how Amy puts up with it, though I'd never say anything to her. I mean, how do you tell one of your closest girlfriends, particularly one who tends to bounce through her days as if life's one big Broadway musical, that her husband's kind of a dud? I hand Amy a glass of wine and ask Mike what he'd like to drink. Oh, wait, Amy says, pulling a small box of Crabtree and Evelyn's soaps out of her bag and handing it to me. I saw this the other day at the mall, and I thought you'd like it. Oh, Amy, you don't have to do this, I say, rolling my eyes and pulling her in for a hug. Really, after all these years, aren't we way beyond hostess gifts? Seriously, Amy, Kate says, twirling the stem of her wine glass between her thumb and forefinger, making the base skitter against the butcher block countertop. You're making me look bad. I smirk at her over Amy's shoulder. <laughs> Please, Kate, Amy says. You've never had a bad-looking day in your life. I told her that she didn't need to bring anything, but she never listens. Mike barks from the corner of the kitchen. The sound of his voice is surprising and sharp. When we all turn to him, he shrugs his shoulders and glances around, shuffling in his leather bomber jacket and redskins cap. Kate will say something about the jacket later. I can tell by the way she raises her eyebrows at me. I turn away before Amy notices and open the refrigerator door, loading up my arms with salad greens, a jar of Dijon mustard, and the butter dish. Amy clears her throat and starts to tell a story about something they heard on the radio on the way over, something about a pop singer's affair and surprise pregnancy. While I'm washing lettuce at the sink and listening to her talk, I glance at Kate, who's taking several healthy sips of her wine. My boyfriend's co-worker and his girlfriend are joining our usual group for dinner tonight, and I hope Kate will behave herself. What are we having? It smells so good, Amy says as she walks to the stove. She picks up the wooden spoon next to the enamel pot to stir its contents. Beef bourguignon, Julia Child's recipe, I say. It had been the kind of pissed-off February weather that makes it perfectly clear that winter is nowhere near over. Plus, if I was going to feed seven people after working in my bakery all day, I needed something unfussy. I've made this a million times. Mom used to make it for dinner parties when I was a kid. I'd stand on a chair next to the stove, in my Dukes of Hazard nightgown, of course, and she'd taste a bit with her wooden spoon and then hold it out for me to try. Needs more pepper, I'd say, feeling very important. Amy laughs. <laughs> That's so cute. I can just see you, Averly, the budding chef. I wink at her. Well, I turned back to my salad and listened to Amy ask Kate whether she ever watched the Dukes and whether she preferred Beau or Luke. What I neglected to mention about tonight's dinner is that I also chose to make beef bourguignon because stew meat is so cheap, and cheap is becoming increasingly important these days. To be honest, I should be serving ketchup sandwiches. It seems like twice a week I'll hear some analyst on NPR say that there are signs that the economy is finally picking up. But I have to say, this small business owner isn't feeling an iota of those vibes. Maggie's, my bakery, sits smack in the middle of Maple Hill, Virginia. Less than 10 miles from D.C., my hometown has a nearly perfect mix of urban and suburban living, with brownstones like mine surrounding the center of town, your typical family neighborhoods farther south, 
and super-tony old farmhouse-style homes out toward what used to be the country but is now crazy D.C. sprawl. Because it's so close to the city, Maple Hill has always attracted transplants transferring here for government jobs. And before the economy tanked, houses were snatched up practically the minute a for-sale sign went up. That's not so much the case anymore. There are three foreclosures on my block alone, and over the past year or so, my business has started to suffer right along with everything else. I'm someone who's prone to worry too much as it is. Whenever Larry, my boyfriend, gets on a plane to visit his family back home in Minnesota, my latent Catholicism kicks right in and I start muttering Hail Marys. But this problem with my business is a whole other animal. Larry, Kate, and Amy know that I've suffered a little. Who hasn't? But I haven't been totally honest about just how dire things are, particularly with Larry, who lives with me and shares my household bills. He doesn't know that I barely keep up on the payments for the home equity